You are now tuned in to the Property Management Show with your host, Alex Osanenko. We bring in the experts of today so you can be the master of tomorrow in all things property management. Whether it's getting more doors, running a profitable fee-based business, or by simply being the best property manager. So, grab a pen and paper because this episode is sure to be a good one. Thank you and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Property Management Show. It's a privilege to have you here with us. Now, my privilege is also being headquartered in the Silicon Valley. And the beauty of that is I get to meet pretty incredible entrepreneurs who who are really driving uh, the innovation in uh, this industry and in the world, tech, really. But what I care about is the property management industry. And what I care about is to bring you information about innovation and uh, new stuff that you wouldn't hear anywhere else. And so my goal is to bring that information to you and arm you with that information so you can run your businesses better. And so with that, firstly, I, I don't believe I've ever, I've ever asked for this, but um, if you enjoy the show, um, if you listen to it, if it helps you out, I would appreciate it if you take a few minutes and go to iTunes and give, uh, give us some comments and maybe a couple, few stars, hopefully five, um, that'd be really helpful. Six is better. Six is better. Four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. <laughs> yes. So okay. with that, I want to introduce my my guest. It's uh, Daniel Shaket. Did I say your name right? Shaket. Shaket. Yeah. Daniel Shaket. He's the founder of Home Three Sixty Five. Now I'm going to attempt to describe what your company does in twenty seconds. Okay. Home Three Sixty Five is a company that solves maintenance end to end through technology, AI, and their own network of service providers for one flat fee. How did I do? You did pretty well. Okay. You did pretty well. So that's what you do. Now let's unpack some of this. Uh, but firstly, Daniel, welcome to the show. Um, it's really good to have you. What? Give us a little bit of a maybe history and what you're looking to achieve with this company. Where are you going? Wow, it's a big question. Yes. First of all, happy to be here. Uh, thank you for having me, Alex. Uh, so look, we believe that traditional industries as a tech, tech leaders, as tech entrepreneurs, we believe that traditional industries uh, can benefit and be much more efficient by leveraging and using cutting edge technology to be much better in what they do. So with, I'm in this space of connecting homeowners with local service professionals, it's my 13th year, I think. It's my second company, and I have a decent experience working with service professionals of different kinds all over the world, from Brazil all the way to Russia and through Europe. And the main thing that we've seen that there is a lot of pain, a lot of friction between homeowners and the service professionals. They are small businesses, they are non-scalable businesses, sometimes there are lower ethics, there are a lot of wannabes or scammers in this industry on one hand. On the other hand, being a small business is hard for them. And we as homeowners or any other homeowner or property owner don't really understand much about maintenance, about pricing, and there is a very low level of trust in, in, in this space with those That makes people. sense. That makes sense. Right. So we want to remove that pain of trust issues, of being of needing to understand about that stuff. And we think that maintenance as a the, the, one of the biggest components of property management 
should be uh, outsourced or handled by professionals in a very predictable and uh, I would say transparent way. That's very, very interesting how you wrapped it all up and put a bow on it. That's very, very nice. You're absolutely right. So the, the challenge you're <laughs> yeah. solving is this. Like, look, the tradespeople, the, the contractors, whatever you call them, uh, first of all, there's a big shortage of these of these of these people, qualified people in the U.S. right now. As, as everyone, you know, it's a global pain. Is that right? Tell, yeah, it is global pain, and I can tell a plumber is a plumber everywhere in Brazil and in Europe. And finding a good and reliable contractor, it's the pain. It's pain everywhere. So it's a global thing, and a lot of companies are trying to solve that thing, and, and most of them not that successful doing that. It's very hard, very fragmented, very local play. It's hard to solve the technology, but the industry really strives for this. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Um, I'm gonna hit you with a very hard question right off the bat. So no, no cuddling, right? Start <laughs> you yeah. seem like you can handle it. So you are a two-time entrepreneur, three-time entrepreneur? That's my second company right Second now. company, so yeah, you can handle it. Um, I'll try. Here's the first objection. When I socialize the idea of Home 365 concept, solving maintenance, with some of the friends, who run very nice, very well put together property management businesses. The first thing they said to me is, Alex, this sounds very interesting, but isn't the reason why we're in business is to solve issues like maintenance. So if we are, if we are getting, if they are getting it elsewhere, how am I gonna justify my existence? Why am I charging the fee? This is a big part of my job. You take that away, you take me away. Is that fair? How, 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 would you, how would you overcome this objection? Huh. Uh, look, first of all, property management is not only the maintenance part, although it might be a big chunk of what people, of what property management managers are doing during their uh, day-to-day, but it's not the only thing. And it, obviously, you know, we are uh, being right now viewed by property managers and they know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. But I think that as a property management company, their main objective should be to grow, manage more doors, and do less manual uh, things, manual stuff, less logistics, and focus on driving and growing their business. Uh, and we just talked before this show, and I was amazed to hear that there are just only, like you said, 30% or 35%, 35% of, properties. Of, of the rental properties in the United States are being professionally managed. That means, guys, you have so much more market to go after and dealing with maintenance, chasing service professionals, uh, being in friction with tenants and owners, all that, it's like, it's, it's something that has to disappear. Focus on the right things, that's what I think. All right, so, yeah. so you're, you're, what you're saying is, look, um, we solve the maintenance end-to-end, you go build your business, you go uh, provide services to the investors, you go do high-value at strategic-level stuff exactly. with your investors while we handle the day-to-day. The uh, fragmented, the, the difficult, the, the, the maintenance part, the, the maintenance, the part, maintenance right. part, day-to-day maintenance part. Right. Exactly, exactly. And we are doing that in, in, in a completely different way than what your people might be doing that. I mean, uh, your employees in the, in the management companies doing all that manually, we are able to, today, to predict spend around certain properties by leveraging data, a lot of data. You mentioned artificial intelligence. That's one of the things, the ability to look at a house, at, a, a, at an address, and figure out how much this house will need in terms of maintenance during the next five years, and build on top of that an insurance product that property owners will be able to opt in, buy it, and pay on a monthly basis, and known 
kind of price, no, no number. And from that point on, forget about unexpected expenses. Uh, it's something that creates the, uh, removes this friction and frees the property managers to deal with more business and grow their, their business. Um, so I see the value proposition 100%. It, 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 it sounds good, Daniel. Um, there, let's start unpacking some of, some of the things that mm-hmm. I, I think our, our audience might be interested in. Number one, one of the key advantages of a property management company, a good one, is the network of service providers. You mentioned how fragmented it is, how ethically sometimes challenged this particular uh, segment industry is, right? But at the end of the day, the property management company was able to build a fairly good group of you know, people, uh, tradespeople that they can trust and work with, and, and that's their may potentially competitive advantage to some, some, some extent. How do you go about doing that? How, how is your solution better? So from the service professional standpoint, you know, as a, as a marketplace in a way where we connect people uh, to take care of properties, we need to have a great ability to assess their quality and to vet out the bad guys and keep on rewarding the good guys that are working with us. The way we do it is 100% technology-based thing. There is no way in the world to know exactly how good a service professional is unless you measure everything that he does over time and able to aggregate it into fancy algorithms, very similar to what like everyone has in the United States, the financial credit score, right? You don't do anything special, you just transact, you pay your bills, etc. but there is a number above your head. Correct. So that's what we're doing. We are obsessively aggregating every aspect of how service professionals, those trades people, are uh, uh, dealing with incidents, how they communicate, the response time, average response times, ratings by tenants, etc., etc. and we are able to very quickly figure out who are the good guys. I'll give you just an example. You yeah, know, that'd be a, great. Yeah. A, a person that is constantly late for a meeting will never finish the tenant's turnover on time because that's his DNA. Okay? A person that reschedules you after someone waits for him because he got a better job right now somewhere else. That's what they do. They, they, they are not scalable yeah. businesses. They chase after a bigger stake, yeah. right? So they would call you, and amazingly, it's always the same thing. My car broke, my wife is in the hospital, you know, things like that. Oh, I get that right? all the time. Yeah. All the time, right. So, uh, and the, the real thing behind it is we want to know that this is your pattern, this is your personality trait, this is your ethics as a business, and we don't, work with, don't want to work with you simply because we, we need someone reliable that would charge fairly, have great workmanship, and great, I call it serviceability, in terms That's of customer. Word. I like it. Yeah. In terms of customer service, so ability to profile the people as fast as possible. It's not a product, right? The plumber is not a barcoded product. It's not an iPhone which you can read reviews on, online. The ability to figure out if this person is good and what is the right match over the right project is is magic. Okay. That we are doing. So that's one thing, and I think we are much better here than a manual list. Secondly, we have a completely different set of uh, contracts with those people. Uh, they're obliged for SLAs. That means if they get a severity one problem, they have to respond within two hours. If it's a less important thing, then they're... So you build, build contractually, you build out your relationship in a way where it's, it's advantageous and... and it's, it's contractually, but it's also our ability to manage and monitor how they perform based on that contract in real time. So having everything done through technology apps and, and the platform gives us the ability in real time through dashboards 
to see average response times, average uh, pr the pricing that they are charging, okay? And, and practically we are building this quality score, we call it, mm -hmm. uh, which is very similar, as, as I said, the financial quality score in a way. And those who are of a better quality score get more jobs, get, get matched with the right jobs. And all that matching thing, the, here's the magic, is to, uh, is to predict a successful outcome of this incident in the most efficient way. Mm, I like that. So, so the matching is important here. I think you described to me, you know, uh, a particular problem. I think when you and I talk on the phone, you, one of the things you said, like, well, if there's a leaky faucet, like, do you really need a plumber here or do you need a handyman, right? Like, who, who's, you know, who's going to estimate, you know, and, and, and match them? So with the right cost, right? With the right cost provider. Right. So, so our system is matching the matching algorithm that we've built is matching the right people over the right project to have it uh, done uh, in the most efficient way in terms of cost, time, and everything. So we're looking at like right now at around forty different signals. We call it. You know, mention again artificial intelligence. We need to feed that algorithm. So we know we are looking at who was the right professional that did very similar jobs to that type of job for people of that demography like your tenant or the property that he's serving right now. Mm -hmm. So kind of low-end guy would, wouldn't match him with a high-end property for many reasons but mainly because there will be no, no fit between the pricing, between the yeah. quality of work and every other possible aspect. What about the actual, um, what about the, on the front end getting information on a particular break or particular maintenance issue how you know for you to match to the right job right that person handling the job you need to understand what the job is exactly. how, how do you go about that what's different here huh. so um, every incident is being shot through our apps on video we guide the tenants or the homeowners, whoever's using our app, on top of the screen, like a, like a teleprompter that goes, you know, for those who are reading the news, mm -hmm. what are the right things to show, to mention, and to ask for. Mm. All that in order to structure the best possible uh, project description. This project description is being sent, streamed, to the uh, one vendor that we think has the best match. So this vendor gets to see the problem over the video, and you know, picture worth a thousand, uh, thousand words, right? right. I have videos, thousand pictures a minute. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of information. Nice spin. <laughs> oh, really? I so, like that. Yeah, so a video is a great way uh, to understand the problem, and then uh, both sides are being onboarded to a messaging platform where they can discuss everything through video conferencing, through chat, pictures, whatever is needed. This, by the way, reduces a lot the need to travel in order to estimate the job. Mm -hmm. So we'll leverage like simple things like video conferencing, and everything, by the way, is, is being recorded. So this same trace person, or the property manager, who is overseeing all that process, has that conversation recorded. So they can come back to their office, to their home, I mean, service professional, look back at it and estimate what he needs to bring, what type of tools, how much it's gonna cost, Everything is being there, leveraged by that video. So I'm a great believer in real-time communication, leveraging uh, technologies which are essential mm. for people to communicate through. So that's how so we analyze that video. Yep. So we analyze the video automatically. We analyze what people say. The tenant, when he describes the problem, he speaks naturally. So we transcribe the video, uh, the the speech text, and we are looking for keywords, various uh, patterns, and we try to find who was the right person that successfully did similar as similar projects wow. to people like yourself 
That's pretty deep. Based on that information. That's pretty deep. That's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, one last question about your company. Then I want to talk a little bit about um, the AI role, the AI, um, the role AI plays and in the future connected home. You wrote an article on that. I want to like dig into that a little bit and surface some opportunities there. But before I go there, um, what is, how do you figure out, the, in other words, is this uh, a revenue um, center for property management companies? Is this a cost center? How do you position this? And, and who is your customer? First of all, do you have any property management clients yep. That, yep. that work with you now? Yes, we do have, uh, and we are growing right now. We are especially right now targeting uh, uh, areas where we are active, New York, New Jersey, LA, uh, Las Vegas, we just recently launched a big property management company there, the recent one, and, uh, and San Francisco Bay Area right now. So we're not yet nationwide, but we're growing. Um, Remind me the question? Right. So yeah. the, the question was, um, look, I guess let me let me just explain. So so property management companies, a lot of them have um, actually upcharge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fees. yeah. So is this is this potential yeah, revenue yeah. center? In other words, you charge it. Well, let me just you charge it as an insurance. In other words, the homeowner or the property manager on behalf of the homeowner pays you a sum and all maintenance is covered. That's how it works, right? Exactly. Okay. Do they get a little bit of a cut of that? How does that work? Yeah. Yeah. So look, in a way, we've built. A, a great value for property managers to run their ongoing maintenance issues. I call it in a lean back approach. Just get this video, approve it if you think that's something that we need to deal with, and from that point on, just oversee how the magic happens. Now, this is a flat rate price, which is individually tailored for a specific property based on various specifications of that property. Uh, age, size, location, cost of labor in the area, a lot of those. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, the owner has to opt in into that. This definitely reduces the friction that the property manager has with the owner, asking him for, for approvals for various maintenance issues and costs. So to, to answer your question, we estimate a certain amount of money that we predict should be spent on this or will be spent on that property. And we encourage the property managers to resell that. We want them to be our resellers. They are, in a way, they are a channel to their network of investors. Eventually, the investor has to sign on this uh, contract. Uh, we are seeing property managers who are either reselling it with some markup and get that at delta as a recurring revenue, a monthly recurring revenue, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's really a, instead of the, sometimes I'm hearing that there are property management companies who are marketing another 10% on every invoice that they get right. from, from a plumber or whoever. Yes. So that's in a way replaces this. And uh, uh, the second thing that we're seeing that property managers are bundling this into their property management fee. So they are offering real estate investors one price which is, includes maintenance. That could be that could be an interesting, and, that's really interesting value proposition. Exactly. So and, they and can have, so for those of you who are listening, sorry to interrupt anyone. Yeah. Those of you listening, this is something Think about, it. and I usually I don't usually have podcasts and interviews about uh, a specific company, but this is so interesting and so cutting edge that I feel it deserves the stage just for us to uncover some of this uh, some of this innovation that's happening right now. And I mean, right away, my marketing brain what it interprets is that if a property management company lays out that three tier pricing plan, one is the starter plan, right? Somebody who just 
want to do everything but they want the tenant placement and they want some just basic like oversight. The second plan is this traditional 8% management plan. And a third plan could be all inclusive maintenance covered kind of a stuff. Exactly. Right? And there's a fourth one, which we'll talk about, which is a monitored smart home. Oh, okay. So don't, don't go so, there just yet. Oh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. This is it. Because I want to sort of like, I want to transition there by understanding your view. Next two, I don't care about 10 years from now. And I yep. don't care about, I somewhat don't care about five. Two to three. Yep. Let's let's stretch that two to three. What is the role AI, artificial intelligence, is playing, will be playing in the near future in this industry? What do you see? Look, first of all, what AI does, it's able to identify patterns in data. It's completely different than how we used to build software or various uh, uh, systems, we had to really define if this, then that. If, if, you, if you get this input, that's what the software should do. With AI, you simply pour data and the system is able to self-learn from machine learning to understand uh, patterns that we as humans wouldn't see. So the ability to price the maintenance, predict the maintenance events uh, for a specific property the size, the age, the, the location, everything, has to do a lot with data aggregation, data analysis, and that enables to reduce costs and come up with a product like this. It's like we got to the point where we are able to figure out or really smartly estimate how many garage doors wouldn't open next year in Palo Alto. So if how many? I'm just kidding. <laughs> doesn't matter. I, I can't I tell get, you. I get, that's I the get. secret. That's the secret. Right. Trade secret. Yeah. Yeah. That's the trade secret. No, really. But if you are able to do that, you are able to come up with an insurance product. And here's how the industry is changing. Because as homeowners, we tend to, um, to think that maintenance issues just happen. And there's nothing we can do. Nothing just happens. Statistics are everywhere and around everything. Absolutely. I, and around everything. So AI makes the business much more efficient, much more predictable and automates manual stuff that today we invest a lot of time to do. As a listener of this show, I already know you care about growing your business. You care about success. And what I'm gonna tell you over the next two minutes may change and transform your property management business forever if you take action. I'm gonna tell you a story of two customers who decided to upgrade their websites to a four and a half website. The first story is about Andy Moore. He is in charge of a company called Gulf Coast Property Management, choosegulfcoast.com. He went with four and a half website and we launched eight months ago. Over the last six months, two quarters, his owner leads went up by 189%, which results in over $270,000 additional lifetime revenue Andy will receive from the customers gained the new website that he wouldn't have with his old website. The second story is about Jock McNeil with Alliance Property Management, AlliancePM.com. Jock saw a 185% increase in his qualified owner leads over the last six months. In his case, it's over 300,000 in annual, in, excuse me, in a lifetime revenue ad as opposed to his old website. These are huge numbers. And if you want to play in the top echelon of the property management entrepreneurs today, you need a website and a partner that can get you there.
To learn more about our property management websites, visit fourandhalf.com grow. While you're there, be sure to request your free website analysis. When you're ready to purchase, you will receive a special podcast discount of $400 off your website. Now back to the show. Are you personally a program? What is your background, programmer or your business guy? I'm a mechanical engineer. Okay. <laughs> and and a business person, yeah. Okay. Well, you don't call yourself? No, I, I, I've, you know, in, in, in the university, in the school, but I, I'm not a coder. But being in the high tech industry, it's my 20 something year. You understand how it works. Sure. Uh, I don't write code, but I 100% can have a super intelligent uh, conversation with our VPRND or any VPRND in the world. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. So AI, what you're telling me is, and I'm going to translate this because for my own brain, I need to make sure I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and hopefully the audience will, will catch that as well. I hope they are. We'll go together. You know, yeah. uh, we'll go together on this. But but the understanding I have, the, the, the latest AI opportunities with AI, and by the way, Google and all the big ones, they opened up the uh, the AI uh, architecture right, to, to developers, right? It's, it's mostly the technology that is open to people, right? There are some trials right now to have a black box of something that you can plug into any business and this black box will be analyzing and looking for patterns. It's yet to be proven, it's not really a commercial yet uh, and every business is its own. Like I can tell you that in property management, and we, let's talk about this specifically, it's a very old industry in terms of time, but there is not enough data. What I've seen in, in most of the, in my visits to property management uh, companies, that you ask a simple question, how many clogged toilets did your property had last year? You mean property or your company? Your, your company, properties you manage. Properties you manage. How yeah. many clogged toilets there yeah. were? Like a simple question, right? If you want to predict stuff for the next year, That's an interesting, uh, they are not able to yeah. provide that no. simple piece of information. They, they start with stories like, oh yeah, I can tell you how many plumber, uh, Plumber, plumbing issues I had, and I need to look at the scanned invoices. So it's, there is no data. There is no data around it, so that means you cannot predict stuff, you cannot automate tasks. Again, so AI, what AI does, it gives the capability for people like you, innovators like you, to come out and actually start putting parameters and gathering all that data, pattern, you know, learning the patterns, and then basing, um, basically futurescaping. Exactly. And, and, and then basing a product around it. Exactly, and think about it. That's, building that's something like that, man. building something like that is 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 very hard. There are a lot of AIs, AI companies, where there is a very big downside if the AI doesn't work right. Think of autonomous car, for instance. Mm -hmm. If it took a, a wrong decision, then it might be a life or or death matter. Correct. Right. Netflix, which recommends you watch this series versus that series, the downside is not great. Like. You might say, I don't want to watch that. That's it. That's yeah. the downside. So there are lots of things. If we price a maintenance event in a wrong way, we are taking all the costs on us. That might be a drainer. I think you manage thousands of properties, and right now there are... So you're taking the risk. We are... But you're probably pricing that risk into, in, in, into, the, into the rate, right? You're pricing that risk, and with time, you'll be able to reduce that risk, right? So Hopefully, right? Not the margin. Am I seeing it right? You are seeing it perfect, perfectly right. The more time we, we do that, the smarter we become. Because every piece of labor or part that was invested in a certain uh, property for a certain incident is being feedback back into our pricing algorithms and make them much more efficient and much smarter. So over time, we will have a much 
better precise predictable way to price things without outrageous markups maybe mm -hmm. you think about it because if, if you don't have data you have to uh, uh, you have to come up with a big buffer yeah if you don't have any or have some a lot of good vcs that that doesn't work for Give long. The by the way, yeah, yeah it doesn't, doesn't work, work for long. Yeah, no, no. Because they want to see. They get a little tighter. Because I, I hear, I hear it's uh, it's still not that difficult, but it's getting. No, but in order to get money, money is out there, right? But in order to get money, you have to prove that it's a profitable business on one hand, and it makes sense to scale to tens of tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands. And I don't know about the first one. I don't know if you have to prove it as profitable. I think you have to show like growth trumps trumps everything. I think in a way, if you show that. The acquisition, you're continuous acquire customer. You don't you don't lose your shirt every single time, but it's there's a potential for profitability. I, I mean, we don't. Yeah, it, this is this is you have experience with this. I do as well. But what I see is you show momentum, you show growth, you show continuity, and you show uh, traction. You can raise. You, it's 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 correct. Growth is a lot, but it's not enough. At certain stages. Uh, unit economics. I mean, what's the cost of acquisition of yeah, a property cost, versus yeah. how much you invest in your service? Right. All that. What's the churn? What's the lifetime values? And those parameters. Right. Speaking to, my language. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's need to make sense. Right. So investors, smart investors, are not only looking to growth because you can fake growth. You know, if I'm offering right now this glass for free, just one glass, I'll have one customer. Right, it's free. Then I'll just release two glasses. I'll have a line of two people taking this glass, and then five, ten. So I can build the chart of growth. I get it. I get it. You see, we're, so, we're not saying okay. I, I'm not saying growth without without with potential profit. Right. So I, I just get it. Yeah, I got it. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm with you. So let's go. Let's keep talking. Let's go future scaping. You and I. Um, again, the advantages of being in Silicon Valley is I get to meet people like you, and we get to make some predictions. Right. Let's let's, let's make some predictions that will help our audience build better businesses. That's the another difficult one. What would you say for an average property management company, average I'm saying three to five hundred units under management, looking to grow, looking to thrive, what would how, what, what what do you think is the next move they should be making? Besides like not not we're not talking about just home three oh, yeah, yeah, right of course. now. But what what do you see as an opportunity in technology, in AI, in different services? What do you see? Like let, let's just I I, I I believe look First of all, the opportunity is great. The market is huge, right? And there is a lot of uh, opportunities to win more homes. In order to do that, you need to do more with less people. That means you have to leverage technology. Whatever technology is there, you have to leverage it. You have to master it. You have to understand the trends and uh, be smart about it. So I think technology powers, uh, powers everything. And more than everything, it's data. It's, it's if you are data inclined and you measure everything, and you log everything, you will be able to make smart uh, decisions based on that data in your business. It might be even firing a customer is a smart decision, which yeah. comes out of a, of a data. So I think aggregating data, leveraging technologies, and is, is something- that's, that's the overarching concepts for, for winning in the next two, three, four, five years. Oh, definitely, right? Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree, I agree. There's, there's, um, there's definitely an opportunity, although, we have seen a lot in this industry, and um, you're not as familiar with the industry yet as, as I am. You know, I've spent 10 years uh, serving these people, serving my people, my tribe, and what I see is tremendous innovation. Like, I, like you, you, you and I spoke 10 years ago and we looked at this. Um, 
it would it would have been completely different. You, you, you'd feel like you're on a different planet. Of course. Uh, right. Right now. Yeah. Right. So the, the, the quality uh, the quality of work the property managers deliver now is is significantly higher, and we're seeing a lot more customers throwing their properties towards professionals because of that. But not not enough. Right. Not enough. Not There's enough. still opportunity here. Not enough. Yeah, and, and definitely, you know, uh, it, it's very obvious what I'm saying. Leverage technology, you know, use data and all that. But that's how you manage every business today, not specifically this one. And technology today, why is Silicon Valley that booming that, like that right now? Because right now, the cost of computation is very cheap. There are great solutions right now, which are commercial and can be deployed. And this is how traditional industries being now disrupted or leveraged through that technology uh, where they haven't seen technology for a long, uh, for a long time before that. Right. Uh, it might be trucking industry, shipping industry, it might be logistic, real tech, real estate tech. It's a vertical. There are VCs who are specializing in real estate tech. For sure. For sure. It, it wasn't there a year ago, two years ago maybe. Insure tech. Everything that's happening right now with new insurance companies which leverage AI to predict uh, insurance cases versus, you know, the old-fashioned uh, insurance companies who are still insuring fur coats, you know, and things like that, like silver china and whatever. Nobody has that. But they right. w wouldn't insure a laptop or an iPhone hmm. that people have at home. Interesting. So, yeah. So what is, uh, what do you see, and let me look, make sure time, this is, oh, sometimes we get into very interesting conversations. I just don't want to cut short. I want to kind of bring it to uh, some kind of logical conclusion, right, and a, and a takeaway. Um, but what do you see as a, the future, that you talk about future connected home. How, how, talk about that a little bit and connect it to the industry if you can. Yeah. Like what would be the advantages to, for property management entrepreneurs of what that home is going to look like two, three, four years from now? Oh man, you know what? It's one of the most exciting things, I think, how the future of our homes and our living is going to look like. And there is no doubt that the uh, younger generation are do-it-for-me type of people and the older generation is more adapted to technology right now. I have 80 years old parents who are doing FaceTimes with me, you know, using yeah, messengers yeah. and all that. So it's not an issue anymore how to operate a smartphone. So, um, and obviously uh, when we are looking into the future, uh, the, the services that homes are going to get will be uh, enormous. I mean, when I say services, right now we have Amazon Alexa delivering food to our doorways, you know. Uh, we have uh, Google Express, we have various services that... Thermostat, maybe I have a Nest thermostat. Right, you know, right. But right. nothing is connected. That's my problem, man. And Android but, TV, everything is freaking just its own thing. But, but that's the thing. They are main, making a little step, how to say that, uh, small baby steps, steps, baby, baby steps, steps yeah. into your home by offering you meaningful services that people need and they power those services by technology and sensors. So take a look again, let's go back to Amazon. They started with this uh, Alexa and we thought that it's a great tool to turn on the lights maybe and play music, right? But it's not only that, it's already being connected to smart fridge and to the smart lock and we want now the Alexa to control the, the A lot of things now, Daniel, Alexa enabled, right? right? So this is another thing, like I look right. at products like Alexa enabled. Right. Like, ooh, my vacuum cleaner, my, you know, this little robot. robot. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's not Roomba, it's something else because you know, I'm too cheap to root for Roomba. <laughs> it's a good brand though, uh, right? A Amazon review, reputations, everything. Uh, but you know, it ha it's an Amazon enabled, uh, Alexa enabled. So that's kind of cool stuff. So how is that going to come but together? But here's that? the thing, yeah. The so, thing. So, so we are consuming uh, meaningful services. In order to deliver those services beyond just streaming content, streaming internet, uh, backuping our files, maybe delivering food from Whole Foods you know, to our home, uh, the next stage would be to deliver the plumber, to deliver, to monitor, uh, of course, homes for security, but also to monitor our old parents if they just fall down, yes or no. So think about it. There is uh, right now uh, an evolution of IoT, of Internet of Things, various wearables that can, even the smart Apple Watch today hmm. can identify the acceleration of fall down. So if someone falls down, this thing is being transmitting something. Okay. Yeah, so we need to monitor that because we don't want only to know that after that, after a couple hours that that happened. We want to know that in real time. So every aspect of our life, like monitoring the health of people that we care about, of our pets, of various important devices, and home, by the way, is the most consuming uh, cash cow of, of, of our money. Right. right? We are spending on average five, $6,000 a year just to maintain our homes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is, the, I think, the heaviest or the biggest expense, maybe just second to health insurance or maybe education. Right? right. So, how do we optimize that? So, all those giants, the Googles of the world, the Apples of the world, telcos, whoever, they all realize the same thing. If you want to be in the play of powering the next digital home, you first need to offer meaningful services. And meaningful services means services that people will buy, opt in, and then you can optimize them and ensure the quality of that service through various sensors. So if you have a leak detector below your water heater mm -hmm. and the, your tenants might never know that there is a leak, we want to know that before it becomes a major catastrophe because mm -hmm. later on we'll need to address it at our, our own expense. So we want to predict that. We want to place a small a, a vibration detector on your AC motor or on the old fridge motor and to know that something in this motor starts to vibrate not as intended and we want to be there before it fails okay and take a look at it before it goes wrong I've met cool companies who have right now uh, termites uh, microphones you place tiny microphones around your uh, property and you are able to listen to the noises of that how to say that the termites yeah termites yeah so and not only uh, to listen to the noise and know that there are termites somewhere know exactly where they are because you wire it out exactly and you know what type of termite it is so you can address it the right way and not uh, the, how it's done today let's right? talk about distribution so this is all extremely interesting like uh, extremely interesting like we're talking Ray, uh, Ray Kurzweil stuff. Um, I don't know if you know this futurist that read his stuff quite a bit. Um, I read his stuff about this ten years ago, which is ha it's but happening, it's happening now. today. Right. It's ha yeah. Here's my question: distribution, right? Yeah. I don't see many homes being built with these sensors. Maybe some bigger communities, you know, but like the individual single-family homes, they don't have. They're not even wired for Cat Five. You know, <laughs> they're not like I'm talking. They just started wiring them for Cat Five cables when nobody's using them anymore. You know what I'm saying? So right. Right. Uh, what, how the distribution is going to work? How do you think that's going to roll out? So here's the thing. Look, new properties, and we've seen a lot of those, are already built as smart homes. Really? A lot of them, yeah. 
and you see the owners with like 50 different apps. There is an app that measures the, the water in, in the pool. And there is a, an app that measures the humidity of the ground and turns on and off the, the watering of the lawn. Okay? Because you want to spend as little water as possible and still have the lawn green. Right. Okay. But it's all upscale homes though, right? It's, so, not, it's yes. for now, right? Yes, right. right. And, and so the way we are in, in our company are doing that, since we are taking full responsibility on the maintenance to the extent where we take the extra costs if we didn't predict them. Take the hit. Okay, yeah. we take the hit. Yeah. So we wire the homes, not every home, but the homes that we have a good reason to believe that we are going to, might fail there. Okay, we are placing various sensors around uh, uh, the systems that tend to fail. Like, again, water heaters, that's easy. There are technologies available right now. The only thing is how to integrate the... Uh, um, the data, the signal? The, the signal, exactly. Yeah. How to integrate the signal, si signal, understand the signal, and send the person over at the right time uh, before it fails. And there are different uh, devices, different sensors, and there is no standard. Right. We're never going to go to legality of it because the, the, there's permission to enter. There's all kinds of things that which I don't want to get into right now, right here, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure yeah. you are limited by sure. a lot of things. But that's not the point of the show today. We're not going to talk about why you can't might enter. Be, yeah. <laughs> might be good, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting point to cover yeah. maybe in the future. But but I get it. Um, I'm sure you're getting some ro into some roadblocks. But the idea is quite fascinating. And so uh, all those things... Back to my question, Daniel. This is now selfish, but also I'm sure everybody wants to know where we're going to live in these places. How, what, what do you see is an opportunity? When, when is am I, am I stuff going to start talking to each other? Like my Android TV is freaking smart on its own, but it's dumb when it comes to my Alexa. Like it can turn it on and turn it off, but that's it. It can't do anything else. Vacuum cleaner, it's smart when it comes to Alexa, but it can turn it off, turn it on. You know what I mean? And then there's also a lot of things that don't talk, like Nest. Uh, Nest is kind of smart on its own, but there are so many companies right now trying just... trying to work this out uh, and have all the uh, devices and Internet of Things talk to each other. That's the future of the world, and that was not possible without the AI part. So you have to you, you collect a lot of data of the appliance itself. Let's say we monitor health of certain appliance, right? So we collect a lot of data, and this data is 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 meant to be to provide a predictability mm -hmm. around certain event and obviously this data needs to be connected to something that can transmit that data to to the real service provider who can take care of that so you were asking about different device other devices if it makes sense for them to be connected together technology is just around the corner and the prices are being are, are dropping down yeah and the, the real thing is to find the real use cases that would save money for people and make their lives much more efficient and hassle-free. So it's not only about the fun of turn on the lights, play music. It's all about saving more money, having predictable uh, events, more predictable events. And, and you know, helping the environment too, right? That's you know, you're helping the environment. Efficiency obviously, brings. Uh, Brings uh, a lot of uh, things, and, to, yeah. and that saves us a lot of time, actually, you know, and money to focus on the things that we like and love, and and do whatever we think we should be doing instead of looking for some service professional or whatever online trying to get hassle, it, yeah, you know, and all that, and then bet on someone randomly because he has a couple of stars somewhere, you know. So you're taking the help down. 
I think you will get a lot of applause from uh, from uh, my clients and the listeners. <laughs> They're not a big fans of Yelp around here. You know, I think Yelp is great. One of my close friends is, is an executive there. I know the company, uh -oh. and, and, but, but still, no. But I think that rating people, that's my disagreement with Yelp kind of world. Rating people as, as if we are rating products is wrong. Think of yourself. You have employees here, so I see a number of people. Uh, you never get five stars on their CVs or four stars. This is a three-star employee. You, you don't get that. Why is that? Because the job description is different. The requirements are different in their previous jobs, right? Uh, the challenges were different. And people are different. So rating people as if they are barcoded products. But they are measured against the performance and expectations. But who has job, the data? Right? Who has the data about it? Well, so if we could measure each and every employee over years of how they perform, how they meet their objectives, we, the AI part would figure out how good they are and how fit they are for the next position. There are HR mm. companies, HR startups who are now doing that right now. Now you're getting the juicy stuff, man. Oh, no, really. There are, I, I know a couple of HR startups who are doing, who are looking for employees and helping people to stuff with uh, employees. Uh, that's what they do. They, they scan the CVs by robots, you know, and they're applying a lot of algorithms and artificial intelligence to predict if that's going to be the right fit for the job. All right. Yeah. Well, this this sounds really amazing. I think we got we got to call this. Um, uh, we got to bring this to, to, to an end. I just yeah. started to enjoy. I know. I know. This oh, is good. this is very exciting. You and I can talk about this for hours. But at the end of the day, uh, boys and girls, what you do is um, leverage technology. Look into. Uh, companies like Daniel's company to to see what's what's on the horizon. By the way, if they want to connect with you, and uh, you know, what is your website? How do they find you? It's home365.co or .io. We're there. It's uh, there's ability to contact us over there. And my email is Daniel uh, at home365.co. So always okay. welcome. I'd love to talk to everyone, and would love to answer questions. Uh, and it's all not only about our company. I think I, I'm very passionate about this world of service providers and homeowners, and it's not only uh, from that angle of property uh, managers and all that. And I think that this is this industry deserves disruption. I think it's gonna look very awkward in five years. Looking back, thinking that we had to go to sites like Yelp, like others, you know, read reviews, randomly bet on someone, you know, and wait for them to come over, get quotes, and then hope that something would happen. Positive. So think of a past, yeah. right? All right? Yeah, Let's I see. think the world goes towards trusting providers, I mean, probably big brands, uh, that would power our future homes in terms of what they offer to us. As we said, content streaming, that's what the big guys are doing today. We are using their content today, right? Uh, TV shows, whatever, Netflix and, and Hulu and things like that. They are backupping our files with iCloud and similar, Google Drive and all that. And they're already delivering stuff to our homes. And it's just a matter of a few years until they will deliver, deliver plumbers and deliver everything smooth through those smart locks and smart bells and smart other appliances. Uh, we'll have more data and we'll be much more creative around finding the more efficient ways to save time and money for people and make the businesses of everyone uh, uh, much more successful. Um, and those who are going to adapt fast to those changes, it's happening so fast, uh, will be the winners of the future. There you have it. Yeah. 
let's be all be the winners. Uh, thank you very much for uh, listening and some of you for watching. Um, until next time. Thank you. Have a good day.